0: Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill Education. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our Management Portfolio. Today's topic, the transformational power of study abroad programs. Our guest, Rob Konoposk. Thank you for joining us.
1: Great to be here, Debbie.
0: Tell us, our, our audience today, a little bit more about your background.
1: Sure. Well, I'm a Management Professor at Texas State University. And as of about a year ago, I'm now the director of the Institute for Global Business within the college. And as part of that role, I've been heavily involved in helping develop a strategy for our study abroad programs, both undergrad and graduate.
0: Now, there's a variety of different study abroad programs. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, how you've been involved in, in some of the different types of study abroad programs available? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, i well, we'll talk about later how my own personal uh, uh, experience with study abroad it changed my, my life many years ago. But, but at uh, Texas State, um, I'm heavily involved in, uh, well, gosh, we just uh, took 30 graduate students to Lima, Peru uh, for a very intensive one-week program and lots of company visits and integrated course projects and the like. And at the very end, we did a two-day trip over to Machu Picchu. It was just absolutely um, just transformative, back to the title of our podcast here. Uh, it was just incredible, and I recommend it. Anyone who hasn't been there, I know it's on a lot of people's bucket list, you just got to go. Gotta it's on
0: mine.
1: Yeah. But that's uh, one week. But we also have one-month programs, a little bit longer uh, in the summer. We have uh, programs to Barcelona and Prague. And then also there's semester programs throughout the university, one semester long, and all the way up to one year, which uh, is, uh, like I'll mention a little bit, what I went on way back when. So there's a variety of programs, uh, not just by length, but by content as well. Sometimes it's mostly about, uh, you might take two courses, say, cross-cultural management and international law. And you would get credit at Texas State, but you would take the actual courses overseas. And sometimes the professors will go and teach it. But there's other models where there's folks from those host countries that will teach in English as well. Because we're not expected as Americans to know, you know, four or five languages like our European peers. Right. Um, But yeah, so that's just a taste. uh, Some of the types of programs and some that I'm involved with personally.
0: It's good to be uh, immersed in the culture. Definitely. Out of curiosity, what are some of the advantages of the different types of programs, Mm -hmm. whether it's a short period or a full semester? Sure.
1: Well, one thing, uh, one reason we offer the short intensive program of one week, one and a half weeks is because at Texas State, a lot of our students work and they work full time or maybe 30 hours a week. And they uh, maybe it's a combination where they may not be able to afford to be overseas for a full semester or year, um, but they definitely want to go overseas and have that experience because it's very marketable to have international business and language experience. So um, that's a big, big advantage of a very short, intensive program. But uh, there are many, many students who will do a full semester or maybe a year the advantage of those is you get a, let's call it a deep dive into the culture, into the language, where you really develop some language proficiency. Um, you really get to know the culture, say, uh, if you're spending a year in China and, and learn some proficiency in Mandarin, for example. That could be highly marketable uh, back to U.S. employers or global employers who need folks with that type of language and cultural uh, knowledge.
0: Now, how do you discuss why college students should study abroad?
1: Sort of the big question, why? Mm-hmm. Well, when I'm, I, I, I neglected to mention earlier on that I teach um, a big principles and management um, section every semester, and I'm also the core course coordinator. And one thing, uh, when I'm talking to my 150, 200 students, I said, you know, one of the most transformational experiences you could have while you're in college is studying overseas traveling overseas seeing different ways in which things are done and how people behave and and it's really about a uh, becoming more open minded more adaptable more flexible and honestly uh, it really takes some proactivity to uh, step up to the plate and push yourself to go overseas because most students will say, well, I'm going to work, which is important. I did that too when I was an undergrad and grad. Um, but it really takes a push to, to get yourself into a study abroad program and to take that leap. But I'm here to say that that leap uh, will, will pay back um, in multiple ways throughout your entire life.
0: And how might this help them with their career readiness skills, especially Mm. as they move forward with their resumes and landing that first job? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Great question. Well, I would say let's take a language like Spanish, right, where we have even for people, um, college grads who are going to be working in positions in the United States, Spanish is the second most popular language, and to be bilingual in Spanish and English will not only open up more job opportunities, but may even increase one's pay, one's promotional opportunities, and and beyond just career, the ability to connect, the ability to connect with others, um, with their language, being able to understand where they're coming from, I feel, feeds into empathy and communication. And relationships, and I think that's uh, those elements are often at the core of being a great manager and leader today.
0: Way back yonder ago, did you participate <laughs> in a program along those lines?
1: Funny you should ask, Debbie. Now, <laughs> um, when I was uh, let's see, I was a sophomore at Rutgers University, and uh, I had never been out of the country. I don't even think I'd been out of um, the Northeast Atlantic states. And my mentor in college, he was an associate dean. He, he saw that I was studying Spanish. That was my major. And he said, Rob, you got to go on our one-year study abroad trip to Mexico City. And it just shocked me. I said, are you kidding me? I'm, I've, never, I've barely been out of this area. And he said, your Spanish is going to become very fluent. You're going to grow as an individual. It's going to be challenging but it's going to be truly life-changing. And after a painful deliberation and you know I finally decided to do it and the cost ended up being not too much more than regular tuition and room and board as if I were still at Rutgers for that year. So I went to Mexico City, lived with a Mexican family whom they took in international borders, uh, study abroad students from around the world. So not only did I learn about Mexican culture from them, I learned a lot about Korean culture from my Korean housemates and, and folks from other parts of the world. So, but one thing I did when I was, I was there for the year, I purposely threw myself into the culture there and made friends from there, my Mexican friends from Mexico City. And I, 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 I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I actually purposely did not hang out with a lot of Americans for the first six months so that I could really um, assimilate to the best of my ability with the culture and language. And right around the six-month mark, I woke up in the morning having dreamt in Spanish. And that was a watershed moment for me. And I woke up and I said, orale, this is great, you know? And I said, and, and I be, it was almost like a switch went off and my fluency jumped a few levels. So finally, people could understand me and not look at me and laugh. So <laughs> it was great.
0: You didn't have any cultural barrier at that point. You were speaking the I language. I was in.
1: I was in. And, and when you know you've, you've kind of crossed over the threshold of another culture is when you see other Americans coming in, uh, newbies, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they have so much to learn, you know, and then you offer help. You know, you're there. To, you're almost like
0: the mentor? resident
1: ambassador mentor. Yeah, that's right.
0: So how did it affect you overall?
1: It opened my mind. It um, allowed me to see how other people live and that it was OK the way they lived. There wasn't a right and wrong. I started when I first got to Mexico. I remember saying, "Well, back in the U.S., here's how we do it. Back in the U.S., uh, the restaurants are better, or whatever." My mom's cooking, but by the time that year ended, I started saying things like, "You know what? I really love this about Mexico, and we don't have that back home. But I still really like this about the U.S., and it's okay. It's they're just totally, you know, they're different, they're unique." and the cultures. uh, It's an acceptance, I think, an acceptance of others and and of myself. I grew a great deal. And then on a personal note, uh, if it weren't for my one year in Mexico and being exposed and, and in subsequent years, I worked overseas quite a bit and in Latin America as well. But I ended up marrying a Brazilian 23 years ago. So Um, I kept always a part of um, Latin America in my heart. And uh, every day I I see my wife and I'm just very pleased that I went to Mexico way back when.
0: I was going to say you're reminded of that first start and it's all part of your family now.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Are you uh, currently leading any study abroad programs?
1: Yes. um, I think I did. I I mentioned the Lima Peru program that we just did this. um, um, We got back a month ago. Next year, I'll be involved in another program. Uh, We're going to Europe. We're going to bring grad students to Europe, most likely Estonia. Uh, We did some due diligence and research. And who knew Estonia uh, is one of the cutting edge digital economies in the world? And uh, so we are going to go visit Estonia. Lots of company tours. We're already working on them. And then uh, for sort of the fun hook at the end, the two-day trip, we're going to jump over to Helsinki and um, explore, uh, you know, that part of the world as well.
0: So you're expanding your program overall.
1: We are. Now, I've mentioned grad programs that I'm involved in, but um, I did mention also we have undergrad programs as well.
0: Now, what advice would you give to other schools who are either starting or looking to further expand their study abroad program and and get others hooked yep. on yep. the cultural experience?
1: Excellent. Well, the first thing I'd like to suggest, sort of what we went through, is cr- looking at the mission of the university and the mission of the college, College of Business, and then asking ourselves, how would study abroad programs fit in and support the overall strategy? So we started there, and the dean, our dean is wonderful, and she supported our effort wholeheartedly, um, so much so that uh, a recent promotion of one of the department chairs is now an associate dean in charge of research and international. So international has been elevated to the dean's office, which is great my role as the director of the institute is kind of dotted line and just trying to help globalize the college of business any way we can. So I would start first with um, the mission statements and, and then see how study abroad can fit in and support it. Then I would look around the university because chances are language departments are already sending students and doing study abroad. Uh, international studies department, same thing. There's probably pockets of activity that have, may have been going on for years. So go talk with the, uh, the leads of these, these programs. Hey, what's working, what's not, how are the students reacting to it, et cetera. Then uh, what we're going to do next, I recommend, is to literally ask faculty and students what they're interested in with regard to study abroad. Length of time, content, should we have a language component, should we not? Etc. So, to literally go to the market, both the instructors who will one day be leading, as well as the students who we want them to go, because for us, we need at least 15 per faculty member, 15 students per faculty member for the program to make. Um, so, that's really important. And then, lastly, um, say a faculty member wants to do a study abroad to Barcelona. It's critical that they work through a study abroad office if there's one at the university. If not, and even if if there is, make sure you get a wonderful Barcelona or Spain-based service provider who will take care of all the logistics for you. Everything from travel to visits to cultural organizations, businesses, etc. The in-country Provider is critical. And they even provide bus transportation. They pick you up at the airport and their guides and their historians, and they just add a lot of value to the whole process.
0: Now, Rob, would you be willing for any of our listeners, if they have further questions, to maybe reach out to you or even share some of their experiences?
1: I would love that. And I welcome it because we're always looking for new ideas. And I'd be glad to share um, what we're doing at Texas State with any of the listeners. Absolutely.
0: Any last words before we wrap our time today?
1: Now, perhaps more than ever, we need to go global. We need to connect with others from around the world. And we need to do it in a proactive, positive way. Uh, Because I I honestly think... uh, oh, we might say things are a bit strained right now globally. Uh, and it's a, an opportune time to make things better.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time and your experience and sharing with our listeners. Naturally to our listeners, please check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything.